it's never been more important because there are so many companies that do overlapping things that sound exactly the same. And that is very much not about building it. Building is now the easy part. It's very much about how do you succeed in the go-to-market part because that is actually harder. Hi, everyone. I'm Leanna. You're listening to Unlock Product Marketing, a series brought to you by Better Product. Hi, Better Product community. This is our first podcast, our very first episode, and I'm excited. I'm Leanna Adiola, and I'm here with my co-host, Tina. And uh, we decided to do this special series to share and talk more about product marketing. This is a discipline we're passionate about, and we are excited slash nervous slash all the things to do this. But before we talk about the series and our topics, I want to tell you a bit about us, and I'll start. I'm Leanna Adiola, and I'm a product marketer at Innovate Map. And I've spent nearly the past five years of my career dedicated to this discipline. And prior to that, spent about a decade on the marketing side. And over this past five years, I've really grown to have a true respect and focus on how powerful product marketing can be for so many um, startups, scale-ups, and any company that has a product they want to share with the world. And I have an amazing co-host slash teammate of mine named Tina. So Tina, tell the listeners about you. Sure, be happy to. So I'm Tina Hafer. I'm one of the executive partners here at Innovate Map. I've been in tech for close to three decades, and I will just leave it at that. But I've been in a variety of roles. I've been in uh, sales engineering, technical sales, and moved into product marketing probably about 15 years ago or so, and did that as well along with sales enablement. And then here at Innovate Map, I've been here since day one uh, over eight years ago and have been really focused on product marketing as a, a discipline here and helping our clients tell a better story and figure out how they resonate with their market. So I mentioned we were excited slash nervous to do this. Slash voluntold yeah, to do this. All the things. <laughs> so why do you think it's important that we're doing this? Oh, to me, product marketing is so foundational to a company's success, especially in this day and age and uh, with the plethora of of companies and, and products that are be being released on a daily basis. I think it's super important to really not only understand the importance of it, but promote the importance and the strategic value that product marketing can bring to any company of any size. I love that promote. And one thing you and I talked about too is you may not have the title product marketer, but you do that function in that role. So even for listeners and just people who may not self-identify that way, the elevating the role they do for the organization that is the product marketing function, I think we can help do with the series. All right, so we're going to do something that you're going to hear us do in future episodes, and that is an icebreaker. Yay. Uh, we do this with clients. We got to do it with each other, so we got to do what we do for other people. <laughs> so if you could take time off and write a book about anything, any topic, what would it be? Well, I am not a long-form content writer, never have been, never will be. I write in bullet points, but I also have a huge love of cooking and feeding other people and bringing people together, family, friends. So I would probably end up writing like a collection of my favorite recipes, comfort food, but the entire thing would be written in bullet points. <laughs> That's perfect. I love bullet points. Would it be food photos? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it would probably never get released because I'm also an Enneagram One and a perfectionist. 
and it would just never see the light of day because it wouldn't Even be good enough. Great. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I would love writing it. <laughs> I want to read the book and I want to eat the recipes. <laughs> Come over anytime. I'm going to do that. <laughs> All right. So your thing is food. Sometimes my thing is clothes. So one thing I talk a lot about with uh, friends and family is I like to switch up outfits based on the mood where my vibe is. So I'd write a book about like the power of clothes. So one day, one day I want to be a uh, boss lady. I got my blazer on. The next day I have one leggings and I'm at the park with my kids. So yeah, clothes, write about clothes. I, I know when Leanna's wearing a red shirt that she means business that day. That's and, right. <laughs> so a little bit of context on this first uh, episode that we have and why we wanted to talk with Martina. Martina Lachengo just wrote a new book and released her new book. It's called Loved. We both read it, and it is now required reading for everybody at our company. And it really resonated with us because, one, it is the book on product marketing, in my opinion, and I really think in the industry's opinion, because there hasn't been such a comprehensive book on product marketing written ever. It really spoke to us and uh, solidified a lot of the thinking that we have and that we share with our clients, et cetera, but also just what the industry needs to pay attention to. You said something that was spot on for me, um, this being the book on product marketing. And when I entered this field, I would have loved to have had this book, but I'm equally grateful to have it now, even practicing the discipline, because there's so many concepts um, that reiterate things that we do today for our clients and our teams, but also new ways of thinking that I found super valuable. I know that other people will too. So Tina, in your conversation with Martina, I'd love to know what stood out. Well, one of the things, uh, the first things that stuck out to me was really because of the product industry in general and the evolution that it's gone through, it's made product marketing more important than ever. Hundreds, thousands, it feels like sometimes millions of products, software products are being released on a daily basis. So that part seems to have gotten easier, but the part that's gotten harder is for those product companies to figure out how to go to market effectively and how to differentiate in this crowded space, in the sea of new products being released daily. You need product marketing strategy from day one to execute on that well. If you want your product to be recognized, adopted, and stand out from the crowd, you need product marketing. Yes, spot on. There's so much in the world available. So things have gotten easier in a lot of ways and so many things are more accessible. So consumers have access to so many options. So standing out is harder than ever. And we're all consumers. Exactly. Even even if it's B2B products or B2C products or D2C products, it doesn't matter. You have to be able to connect with and, and stand out. For sure. The other thing that stood out to me was the intersection with other product roles and why product marketers really need to understand and know the product that they're working on, that they serve, and the market that they serve. Um, So one of the interesting things that you'll hear Martina talk about is that she started her career as a product manager before transitioning to become a product marketer. And a lot of folks take a very varied route to get into product marketing. But a lot of the good qualities that exist within good product managers are also good qualities of product marketers, such as empathy for the customer, paying attention to the market, and excellent communication, kind of being that translator. But one of the other areas that I have a passion for and that we dug into even more was around the fact that um, another skill that is helpful for product marketers is product curiosity and technical competence. 
So really being interested in the product that you're working on, the product that you're serving is so important. It's not just understanding all the technical ins and outs, but it's the why behind that. How are you able to communicate to the market with a straight face and believe in the product if you don't even understand what it does or why it does it? You don't need to know all the ones and zeros about a product or all the different APIs and all connections, et cetera. But what you do need to understand is at least to a level and have that level of confidence, technical confidence, that you can communicate appropriately to your buyer and to your audience. Another thing Martina talked about is respecting the intelligence of your buyer and your audience. And understanding one layer deeper will help you communicate with them. So we also talk about um, in another episode with a guest, Catherine from Microblink, and the role of brand positioning and product positioning. So at the brand positioning level, you'll get your buyer to feel something, but product positioning will help them understand how to think about the product. And understanding how the product works ultimately leads to understanding the value to educate and persuade your buyer. Right. Yeah. And I think if you don't go that level deeper, you run the risk of only scratching the surface and you're doing a disservice to your audience, to the entire market and the the sea of buyers that are out there. You need to be able to understand it to that level so you can then in turn communicate at the right level with your audience. Something else Martina talked about was the role of technical competence as a product marketer. And Tina, I'd love to know, especially with your background, your take on that. Mm -hmm. I do think it's important. And she does talk about how she was competent enough (laughs) in a lot of situations, but that she did it at the right level. Another important part there is that you're understanding your buyer. So you talked earlier about appreciating and acknowledging your buyer's intelligence. I think here, too, it's don't over-index on the technical language that you're using. There may be times when it's appropriate where you need to go into the technical details, and that's fine. But really speaking, taking it up a level and speaking to the why and communicating the value, knowing all those technical details underneath, but communicating that value to the buyer is what's most important and what you can take away from having that technical competence and understanding of the product that you serve. That's great. That was one of so many great things you and Martina talked about together. Let's hear more from Martina herself. All right. We're so excited, Martina, to have you as a guest on the show today. I know when we met a couple of weeks ago for the first time, I told you what a fangirl I was. I didn't think that I was going to call myself a fangirl of a business book, but I definitely am. So I am so excited. And as you know, I've marked up the book. It's got dog ears and tags and highlights all over the thing. Yeah, kind of crazy. And it is definitely required reading for everybody here. Um, absolutely love it. And whatever your background or, or thoughts are on it, uh, to me, it's the book on product marketing. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for being such a fan. <laughs> Happy to. I'm going to shamelessly plug your book throughout this conversation, too, for you. <laughs> So it's wonderful to have you on the show. Let's, uh, I'd like to start with some introductions um, so our listeners can learn a little bit more about you and the many hats that you wear. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Well, I am currently a partner at Costa Nova Ventures. We're an early stage venture firm and I teach product marketing at Silicon Valley Product Group. I also teach product management and marketing at UC Berkeley. 
and I've done that for the last 10 years. But I started my career as a product manager at Microsoft, for, first for Word, then Office, then a product manager and a product marketer, bounced back and forth at Netscape, ran marketing departments at LabCloud, and then have advised dozens of startups and sit on boards and have, and that's been my path, my path for the last decade. So you've had obviously quite an extensive career in product marketing as evidenced in the book. Can you tell me here uh, a little bit about what first attracted you to a career in product marketing? What brought you here? How'd you get here? And what's kept you in product for this long? I didn't know that I was starting a career in product marketing <laughs> when I joined Microsoft. I joined as a product manager and there were just a whole lot of things that you did in that job. And the way it's practiced at Microsoft, there is a tremendous amount of product marketing that is done, but it also stays very close to the product. So you have two sides of the same coin you work hand in glove with your product counterparts. And because I saw it practiced that way, it sort of sent the template of how I expected product management and product marketing to function wherever I went. And once I left Microsoft, I realized, oh, that it doesn't happen that way. And so my career really bounced back and forth between product management and product marketing because I really loved both disciplines and because in so many companies, they're very siloed. If you were in product marketing, you were more separated from product than it felt like we should be. And so that's when I would move into product. And if you were in product, it was like, wait a minute, why are we not talking more with our go-to-market counterparts? So what has kept me leaning in on product marketing over all those years is seeing the impact that it can have when it's done exceptionally well and realizing that most companies just don't have the template for it. And so wanting to help them get there. Mm -hmm. I've seen that a lot too. And I know in my career, I've bounced back and forth between being in the product organization or the product group within a company or being in marketing. And I think you've got very different KPIs, very different goals, depending on where you live within an organization. And I know we've talked a lot on the show too about how product marketing can act as that translator within an organization and that it does have that connection with so many different groups across the company, whether it's product or marketing or the executives or sales or customer service, whatever it is, you've got to have that place within the organization. So I love the fact that you're articulating that it shouldn't be siloed. It's very much needed to be tightly connected to all those different groups within an organization. The book is incredibly extensive, covers all the bases and then some. So. Help us understand, how did you reach this point of clarity? Obviously, you've had many years of experience in product marketing and product management, but how did you reach this level of clarity for the book and why now? I think the point of clarity was the fact that I bounced back and forth and see how much it really wasn't understood, partly because people thought of the work as what, what the, the job was doing as opposed to understanding as a discipline how it could function within an organization writ large. Mm -hmm. And so the clarity that I felt I needed to bring to the book was I need this function and the discipline to be understood outside of the role and outside of someone that carries the title because then the power of its capacity will be better understood even if you don't have all the perfect people or perfect organization in place to do it. And then the now was it's never been more important because there are so many companies that do overlapping things that sound exactly the same. And that is very much not about building it. Building is now the easy part. It's very much about how do you succeed in the go-to-market part because that is actually harder. And there's so much more challenge there now. 
totally agree with that. And I, one of the strings that I want to pull on a little bit, you just were talking about how product marketing should be viewed as a discipline. And there are so many areas within that discipline to master versus just a collection of jobs to be done. So tell me more about that and then how that relates to the four fundamentals of product marketing. Tell me about it as a discipline and how new and even seasoned product marketers can start to master those different fundamentals. Well, Tina, one of the things you mentioned was how how does somebody know that they are doing this well and, and what does that discipline actually look like? And so those four fundamentals, so the ambassador, which is connecting customer market insights, the strategist, which is directing a product's go to market with a plan that everyone can see, the storyteller, which is shaping the perception of the product. So it's not just the art of telling a product story, but it's shaping the world's perception. So that can include messaging and positioning. And then the evangelist is not that you yourself are an evangelist, but you are enabling others to evangelize on the product's behalf. And I wanted everyone to focus on everything is just a thing if it's not in service of one of those four. Uh, that I, my, one of my first jobs, my title was a technical evangelist. And I was evangelizing in that case. Um, so I, but I was doing product marketing, and it wasn't called that way back in the day. But being an evangelist, I think, is is a very important role within this discipline. Well, you, you said something that was so important there, which is, you do not need to carry the title of product marketer to be driving forward the most important product marketing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important concept for people to grasp, which is. Title is irrelevant. It's a body of work that must be done so that the world can understand why your product matters, why they should adopt it, why it matters now, and why it might be distinct from something else that appears similar. Right. I love that thought. And, you know, we've talked to a lot of people that may not know that they're doing those functions or performing those, those tasks within that discipline. So with that, how does this differ based on a company's growth stage? So for a startup company, and they have somebody that is responsible for all these different things, they may not call it a product marketer. And I know in the book, you talk about how at early stages, it's more of a generalist that you need. So at Costa know I work with exclusively early stage companies, and there it, it is a generalist role. And most of the time, it's a team of founders, it's people that are very product centric and they are trying to simultaneously sense the market at the same time that they're trying to build and figure out what to build on the product side. By doing those things simultaneously, the market work shapes and informs the roadmap and vice versa. Oftentimes at the early stages, why it's not someone that holds the title because it's someone that has to be have a little bit more depth in the space category and product than someone that just comes at it from a product marketing background might have. Later stage, that is when product market fit is well established, you might have a well established brand. And so growth and how you grow requires shaping markets or, or having new markets adopt you. And so you're having to change the perception of how a market sees you or go out to a market that just doesn't, doesn't know that you might exist or might have value. And those are very different acts that are extremely market forward and, and the product is in service of what you believe you're bringing to the market. So that's why you might have people who are organized against markets, verticals or whole segments, where they're using product as a portfolio by which to reach that segment. 
or they're thinking about if, if we're going to be perceived as a market leader 18 months from now, people need to see us as being bigger or better or more expansive strategically than they see us now. How do we build to that point of view? And that's the product marketing work. Right. In my career, I have more of a technical background too. And I've always said that I'm a product marketer. I'm not a marketer. And I think it is because of my um, passion for product and for technology and the ability to go deeper in those areas. So if you're coming at it from the marketing background or world, but you don't have um, maybe as much knowledge about what a technical product looks like or what it means to truly do product marketing, what advice would you give for somebody that um, has a skill set or maybe looking to further their skill set when it comes to that product curiosity and technical competence? Well, you just used to the, the, I'd say probably the two most important words that distinguish the, the prototype of a product marketer from someone that is just purely marketing. They genuinely are interested in what the product does and understanding the why behind the product, either the space or why did we choose these particular features, because that helps make it meaningful to the market. So it's not just like, hey, tell me the features so I can amplify it. It's what's the why about why this matters, because then I might choose to do something differently or say something very specific about it. As it relates to technical products, that technical competence shows up as you need to be technical enough to be able to understand and break down what the why behind the technology it's not because you have to necessarily explain it all sometimes you do i think that is somewhat dependent on the product and the depth that is required for you to be successful in the role mm -hmm. yeah i've seen that with some of our clients that they have very technical buyers and i joke a lot of times like well i can spell iot but being able to you know explain all the ins and outs of it takes it to another level but you need to understand who your buyers are what language they need to be how they need to be spoken to to be able to articulate the why behind the product and why is this code snippet so important in this particular market or this case or in this persona based messaging yeah for sure and i think like this actually came up for me in a review once. I don't have technical degrees. I have a BA in political science and a master's in organizational behavior. And I've taught, and I've been in technology my whole life. And someone said in a, one of my reviews, Martina is technical enough. And it was one of the greatest, for me, comments that I ever heard, which was she has enough technical capacity to understand the technology, but she's not necessarily going to come at this from a technologist perspective, which for me as a product marketer was important. I can understand it, but I'm not going to over-index towards talking tech talk all the time because I have to make it make sense in my mind before I can talk about it to an audience. I love that. That's You found the sweet spot. I think that's so important um, to be able to explain it. And for me, I always want to know how it works. I want to know the why behind it, but I need to be able to understand how it works to be able to articulate it clearly to the right audience at the right level. Yeah. And I'd even say there, there's high level and then there's like down in the weeds. And most people are one extreme or the other. The middle ground where it's like, oh, here's this architecture diagram. is isn't terribly useful to, to most. Sort of like, hey, help me understand enough so that I decide whether or not I want to lean in. If I'm leaning in, then I'm leaning in. And I actually need to know the technical specifics to see if this is going to meet my needs or requirements. Again, we're just in a different era. There are so many technology products. We have to respect the intelligence of the people we are trying to bring our products to. They know a lot. And so we don't need to sell them on the basics anymore. It's either like, am I, am I shopping for the right thing in the right store? Okay, now I'd give you the details. 
and we don't need to worry as much about the middle ground. That was maybe relevant 10 or 15 years ago, and it's just that middle doesn't have as much of a space anymore. Mm -hmm. They're so much more educated just in terms of the space, and they're the experts in that, so that's very helpful. So one of the things that I've seen throughout my career and in the conversations that we've been having too for this podcast is that product marketing is typically the first need, whether it's a generalist and and performing those different roles um, or more specialized role, it's the first need, but the last role hired. And a lot of companies tend to hold off on investing in dedicated talent for product marketing. Why do you think that is? And what would you say to convince them otherwise? Well, I think it's largely because it's misunderstood, which goes back to like, why did I write the book? It's not understood what the work actually is. People believe it is just this tactical, like, oh, I don't need someone to write all the collateral. Somebody else is going to do that. That's just a misunderstanding of the power and the potential of the job. And so what I would say to convince someone to invest in it is, do you want your product to be adopted by the market? And do you feel like you are reaching your market potential? If not, that gap is closed with someone that with the discipline of product marketing. And there's so much daily care and feeding that goes into it as well, staying on top of the competition and understanding the market dynamics, et cetera, that it's so important and it's um, often overlooked. So for our listeners, especially those that are executives or founders at early stage companies, know about why they need dedicated product marketing talent and what should they look for when they're hiring for that role? They need all the same qualities that you would hire for a good product manager. And layered on top of that, they also need really good, I'd say, customer empathy and I'd say like big market and customer listening ears. They also need to be really adept at processing lots of different signals from a lot of different parts of the organization and being able to bring meaning to it as it relates to the market. So it's one thing, like a product manager will take all that and say like, well, how, what does that mean for how we prioritize what we build? And the product marketer needs to be able to take all that input and say, well, do we need to train our sales force on something or create a new sales tool? Or do we need to explore a new channel? Or does this mean we need to revisit pricing and packaging? Everything can be a lever and they need to be able to understand what are all the levers at my disposal and then how should I be appropriately spending my time? So it's it's someone that has that really strategic thinking capacity of thinking through when I hear all this, how should that translate into the market levers that we have at our disposal? I love that. And that does continue to help elevate product marketing as the discipline. And it's a craft and it's a science that gets applied to this versus just those little tactical things that need to happen. It kind of wraps it all together. I love that big brain thinking on this. <laughs> I agree I with that. <laughs> you tell the story of Mala Sharmish. So she, uh, very unconventional in terms of how, she's at, at Adobe and she runs product marketing for all of the creative suite. And she basically broke the mold on, on what they considered to be traditional hires and didn't look for people with technical backgrounds. She looked with people for people with consumer packaged good and consulting backgrounds because that's what those jobs required is looking at it from a business perspective, really understanding markets, being able to think strategically and look across the organization for how we might solve these problems. And this worked very well for her and her team. Mm-hmm. And in that example too, I know in the book talked a lot about how product marketing needs to show up ask the questions, provide the customer insights, deliver value to be able to get more of that seat at the strategic 
table, proverbial seat, and why it's so important um, to have that representation. Can you talk a little bit about how to get that seat at the table and why that is so important for any organization and for product marketers? Well, I think Marla's just a great, her story is a great example, which is she determined I'm going to show up to every meeting having the most business and customer market insight of anyone at that meeting and make sure I bring it every single meeting. And so it just started to introduce in, in forums where it wasn't typically talked about, oh, why might we think about our business or the markets and how we might go through them differently or better if we're rethinking what we do on the product side. And so it, it introduced to people a a method of prioritization and thinking that wasn't there before. That's great. I'm going to ask you in a slightly different context, but it's kind of two sides to the same coin here. Um, so for growth stage companies, what advice would you give to them for those companies that want to improve how they understand and use product marketing? What advice would you give to them? For growth stage companies, I think that's really where you're leaning heavily into understanding competitive dynamics and market dynamic market and customer dynamics so why do you win versus lose and what does that say about the market and then how might that translate into what you do differently anywhere along the go-to-market engine spectrum i once met with a marketing leader who thought they had a top of funnel problem and when they really examined the data which i think is a huge part of what growth stage companies do is you just have to look at the data and be like absolutely disciplined about that that's going to indicate to you where you should have your focus. They realized they had a mid-funnel problem, not a top-of-funnel problem, because their conversion rates were dropping off. And so they spent an entire quarter working on better sales enablement, not tools, but like little videos and all these hyper-tactical things that just let the sales team get more conversational. And it solved their middle-of-funnel problem. And that just loosened up the entire funnel and, and was exactly what the company needed. It wasn't obvious until someone had examined the data. And product marketing is so essential to be able to dig into that and figure out what's working and what's not in those types of, of worlds or situations that they're in. So what is typically, are you finding that's in the way of that growth for those um, types of companies? What's in the way? I would say there's not ever like, oh, this is it's typically in the way of growth companies' growth. It's always, it's, it's never one thing. <laughs> it's always a combination of things. And it becomes really difficult to tease out what is what? Is is it that we are not necessarily qualifying the right customers? Is it that we aren't doing a good enough job in our funnel processes? Is it that our sales process actually needs to be addressed? I know of one company that doubled the amount of sales touches in their sales process and then doubled their win rate. So that was totally counterintuitive. Most people are like, oh, let's, let's limit the number of touches so it's a more efficient process and it costs us less. Well, they inverted that and had a great payoff. So there's not just one formula, but that this is where the product marketer is uniquely situated organizationally to understand what are all the levers. So if there's someone that's just in marketing, it's a digital marketing problem. If it's PR, it's here's how we solve it from the PR perspective. Product marketer sits above all of that and understands across sales and marketing. So the entire go-to-market engine, what are all the levers? And then after examining the data, where should we spend our resource so that has a maximum effect for whatever we've identified as some of the biggest challenges? Yeah, so I'm going to give you a kind of a softball one for the other side of that coin and talking about product from the product marketer's perspective. If a product marketer is at a company that doesn't really understand the value that they could contribute to the business, 
What advice would you give to them to get more support and recognition for their potential? Well, I think a super important thing is to find internal advocates that actually believe in the, the practice and the discipline of product marketing and its power. If nobody outside of you believes that, I'd say it's an impossibility because <laughs> if it's just you saying, hey, I really can be important, there's too much load there where people are like, oh, you're just advocating because you, you don't feel as, as impactful as you'd like to. So you have to find other advocates inside of the organization that believe product marketing can and should be as powerful as you believe it can be. When you find those, then you strategize together. What's in the way of that? And what I often advocate for companies is put in place a model where it works well. So choose one team that is of high strategic value or one product where that product marketer then becomes embedded. And then you use that as the reference from which everyone else can learn and understand the function. That's great. I We talked with somebody else that talked about having an advocate and that's how she was able to be successful in her role as a product marketer because somebody did understand it. I think that's very important and, and helps to elevate uh, the role. I love your thought, don't spread yourself peanut butter thin for sure. And so the when you were talking earlier about bringing the value having something to say in every one of those strategic meetings and, and being the voice of the customer and providing those types of insights. And, and But I love that focus on a test case, prove how valuable product marketing can be and then expand on that to, to get more advocates within the organization. Yeah, and if you can, pick one place that everybody's eyes are on, which is either something that's new or something that's very important because then then you can point to, well, look what a difference maker it is. Because if you if you succeed wildly in something that no one considers important, you also run the risk of like, oh, well, that didn't really matter anyway. And so it's not really that, that much of a difference maker. So ideally, situate yourself in something that is new, challenging, different, so that the the difference that you're making there can be seen. Great, thank you. So one other, one final question for you. Tell me what is exciting you about the future of product marketing? Well, I would say I have never seen product marketing been so much in the conversation where there is so much more curiosity, so many people in product leaning into the product marketing conversation, which I think is utterly necessary for product marketing to be successful as a discipline. And so that makes me really excited. It's so many people on product are realizing this is really important. We need to be paying attention. That gets me over the moon because that's the beginning of the sea change that I think makes the position and the function as powerful as it can be in every company. And it's been a long time coming. <laughs> It has been a long time coming. And I see the other thing that makes me excited is globally, product marketing hasn't been practiced as much. And so I'm kind of like, hey, you use us as the example, learn from us and bypass all the, the school of hard knocks and just go straight to the better model. So that makes me excited too. One of the reasons why I wrote the book was hopefully it gives, it gives someone exactly in that position, like here's a template for how you can do it. But I would say thing one always is, other than understanding the customer, obviously, is the product go-to-market strategy because it creates a picture from which everyone else can understand all the actions that follow. The big gap that I see in organizations is everyone has a different idea of what marketing and product marketing is. It doesn't matter what company you're at. And when you go in there, until you get everyone on a unified picture, they're all coming at it from, it's like the elephant in the room and someone's looking at the trunk and someone's looking at the tail. And they, they don't, they can't take the step back and say, oh, this is the elephant and we're actually all working on the same elephant. So that unified picture 
becomes crucially important in understanding the role and everything else that someone might do. So I'd say focus there first, because if you don't get that picture, then everything you do is a collection of tasks, of marketing tasks that reinforce someone's preconceived notion of what the job is or isn't. Well, like I said at the beginning of this conversation, your book, Loved, is loved by all, and it is the guidebook. It is the most comprehensive uh, book that I've well, that exists, period, around product marketing. And you are definitely speaking right to my heart and soul uh, <laughs> through the whole book. So I really appreciate that. It's it's just, it's a fully comprehensive, wonderful, wonderful book. Martina, thank you so very much for joining us today. Really appreciate the time that you spent with us and definitely recommend for anybody listening out there that wants to learn about what product marketing is and what value it can provide to different organizations, pick up her book, Loved. Thank you guys so much. And I, I wish all everyone that's in product marketing out there great luck, but also just know your job's important and what you're doing is powerful for every company that you are a part of. So go get them. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Unlock Product Marketing, a series by Better Product. For more resources just like this, be sure to join us in the Better Product community. Our community is for product leaders and practitioners who want to connect with each other. Together, we're learning what it takes to design, build, market, and sell better products. And starting this year, we're on Slack, so we're having more conversations than ever. Find us at betterproduct.community for more.